Greetings, netizens. Does anyone still call them that? I don't know. I realized that I haven't really rambled much about Star Wars or Star Trek on this blog yet, so let's correct that now, by talking about both at the same time. While I don't exactly buy into the whole Sharks-Jets rivalry thing between fans of Star Wars and fans of Star Trek, I do have to say that I do fall a little bit more into the Star Wars camp. But I like Star Trek a lot, too. Of course, anyone who knows me will know that if asked to choose between Star Wars and Star Trek, I will invariably pick Doctor Who, but that's another subject entirely. Anyway, my earliest solid memories from life, aside from just various images, my first real solid actual memories of things happening happening in my life are from Star Wars Episode 4, A New Hope, and me sitting in the theater with my mother watching and seeing R2-D2 and C-3PO in the desert and hearing 3PO say, I'm not going that way. It's much too rocky. This way is much easier. And you know, to this day, I have never gone that way, but this way has never been less rocky as far as I'm able to tell. And you know, in life, regardless of which way you go, you always get kidnapped by Jawas. That's basically the life lesson that we're learning there. So that said, I could probably sue George Lucas for screwing up my life. But that, once again, is another story. Star Trek, I remember seeing and getting into from a very early age. It happened later than Star Wars did. I already had many and varied Star Wars action figures by the time I actually had the tiniest grasp of what Star Trek was. But I think the first thing I remember of Star Trek is the end of Wrath of Khan. I think that was the first thing that I had ever seen that kind of registered in my brain. And I remember thinking, hey, the guy with the pointy ears died. Sacrificing himself. That's that's not good. Why are there bagpipes? So now I think somewhere in the back of my head, whenever someone dies, there must always be bagpipes, for whatever reason. But anyhow, I am pretty sure that the second movie, The Wrath of Khan, was my introduction to Star Trek. And later I remember my parents telling me, yes, it was actually a TV series before this. And then later at some point, sitting at my grandparents' house, flipping through TV and actually finding the Star Trek series and watching it because I started to recognize some of the people in there and I was like, oh, okay, I see what this is. This is interesting. And so that was how I got into Star Trek, the original series. And I have followed the Star Trek franchise in its various incarnations somewhat ever since. I was a big fan of the Next Generation series, just like I had been a pretty big fan of the original series. I think I liked The Next Generation a little bit more. And then I watched a good portion of some of the other series that came after The Next Generation, or that came concurrently with The Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, and then Voyager, and then a little bit of Enterprise, although I did not get to see a lot of that. At the same time, watching any of the new movies that would come out, to my delight, during the era of the movies that used characters from the original series, and to my extreme dismay for most of the Next Generation films. But that's a fairly common reaction I'm given to understand. In following the Star Wars franchise, I was a devotee of The Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. I loved those movies. I started reading some of the books when those started coming out. The licensed fiction, which I think some refer to as expanded universe or some term that means bigger than it was before. I have heard it referred to by many names, but I never really got into it. I was much more into the films themselves and just into talking about ideas from those films and not really getting too much into the minutiae, aside from various bits of information we would get on the packets of action figures and what have you. Now, when episodes 1, 2, and 3 came out, 
I went to see all of them in the theater, and I found that I was very into them and watched them multiple times at first, and then later I came back to them and realized just how not terribly great they were. My apologies to folks who are fans of 1 through 3. If you want to actually have crystallized for you all the things that are wrong with episodes 1, 2, and 3, I strongly urge you to go and check out the Red Letter Media website and the various videos linked from there. They take quite a while to watch, but it's worth it. It's hysterical. And it does very nicely break down everything that was wrong with those movies. Same thing with the Next Generation movies, by the way. So there's that as well. But something that is interesting that I found happened with these two franchises is that they kind of became each other. This is something that I think is probably a lot more obvious now than it was when I first started to realize it was happening. But let's say if you go back to the early aughts, and perhaps even as far back as the late 90s, you start to see signs of it. After all, they started making Star Trek movies because of the success of Star Wars. That was where they started thinking, hey, we could expand this franchise by making movies. That Star Wars movie did really well, and they did. Traditionally, folks tend to talk about Star Wars as being more mystical and Star Trek as being more technical. It's more complicated than that, but that's the simplest way I can describe it. I think that, over time, Star Trek became more mystical, and Star Wars became more technical. On the Star Trek side, you see it happening in the series like Deep Space Nine and Voyager. They start to want to set some of the specific explanations of things aside, and say that it's more about a personal journey, becoming oneself, feeling the right things at the right time. With Star Wars, now I think a certain amount of classification started coming into it a lot with not only the Star Wars role-playing game, which I was somewhat familiar with, but also with the novels, and then, of course, majorly with episodes 1, 2, and 3. I will admit that upon sitting back and analyzing the first movie, I realized that as soon as they introduced, I'm going to use this word, I do apologize, midichlorians, I got to watch my favorite outer space franchise turn into Dragon Ball. That's amazing! He can't possibly have that many midichlorians in his bloodstream! His power is off the chart! You see what I'm saying? And that aside, those movies in particular started to get more into the technical side of how things worked quite a bit. Things had to have a bit more technobabble behind them. Now, I'm not saying that Star Wars has ever shifted over as far as Star Trek on the technical side, and I'm not saying that Star Trek has ever shifted over as far as Star Wars on the mystical side, but I think they have grown to meet each other. And you can see that kind of explicitly in the last two Star Trek films that came out as of this recording in early 20. 14. The sort of reboots, which are also sequels, and a nice little bit of temporal trickery pulled off by the writers there, but these new movies directed by J.J. Abrams are much more Star Wars-like, and that is deliberate. In interviews, Abrams has said that he is inspired by Star Wars in the makings of these movies. He was inspired by Han Solo in the characterization of Kirk, and I believe we're going to be coming full circle on this because, of course, Abrams is going to be directing the next Star Wars movie. And me personally, I think that's fine because I think that the last two Star Trek films made excellent Star Wars movies. <laughs> but I do have to say, the thing that was, to me, most important about Star Trek, they got right, which had a lot to do with the characterizations. I remember once being at Dragon Con and going to see Peter David, who has written some Star Trek stuff, I believe some of the novels that have come out for Star Trek, and he said that the characterizations are what make Star Trek. He said, if you put Kirk and Spock and McCoy in a room, 
you have an episode of Star Trek, because it's all about those characters bouncing off each other. And, in just my own personal opinion, these first two Star Trek reboot movies do a very good job of that, of taking these characters, even in altered forms, and bouncing them off of each other, and making them work together. And I'm very interested to see what Abrams is going to do with Star Wars Episode Seven. so I'm very much looking forward to that. That said, I do still find it kind of odd and curious that these two franchises have, at least thematically, kind of become the same thing. And I have to wonder, are they going to grow closer together? Is Disney eventually going to continue its conquest of pop culture by purchasing Star Trek? Will they fuse together into one mighty conglomerated universe? Star Wars having taken place a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, in the same universe as Star Trek will take place a few centuries in the future, with perhaps the Avengers and the Guardians of the Galaxy hanging out somewhere in between? I don't know. But whatever happens, I think it will be most entertaining to watch either the media products that come out themselves, or people's reactions to them. Maybe it will evolve into something completely unrecognizable, something completely different. Maybe in the future it will be completely pointless to be asked to choose between the two, which in my estimation will give me all the more reason, should I be asked to do so, to once again select Doctor Who. Okay folks, take care. I will catch you later.